QAM Studios. It's time for your weekend kickstart with Wichita's number one conservative talk radio host. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is a Saturday morning. Oh my gosh, I feel so good. I feel so good. This is so amazing. I love walking outside and having it say like 34 degrees outside. Is this not the most wonderful weather that we've had in a very long time? And for those of you that think I'm really just all talk, I am wearing my cutoff t-shirt today and it feels so amazing to walk outside, feel that nice cool air. It's officially fall outside. It's almost Halloween time. And I'm so excited to enjoy the cool weather. <laughs> Call me crazy all you want, but I don't care. Welcome into it. This is Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker. KQAM 1480 on the AM dial. 99.7 HD4 if you have that HD radio on the FM dial. Also our friends out in Garden City, Kansas at KIUL. Wonderful to have you with us here on a Saturday morning. Good morning and welcome into it. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. On the Maximum Outdoor Equipment Hotlines, I'd love to hear from you today. We have a big show lined up. We are, if you're not aware, we're about a week and a half out from election time. Are you ready to go and vote? Have you done your early voting already? We're going to cram some candidates into the lineup today. So we were going to have one candidate right out of the gate today. Not uh, A little bit under the weather. Not a big deal. We'll have him on next week. Dalton Glasscock, candidate for Wichita City Council. He is running, uh, and he's been running pretty hard. I feel pretty confident with his race, but we'll have him on next week instead of this week. The cool, starting to get to him just a little bit, so not a big deal. Gary Bond will be joining us at the bottom of this hour right now. Uh, He'll talk about his run for District Number 5 on the western portion of the city of Wichita for that city council seat. And hour number two, Becky Tuttle. She is a current incumbent for the Wichita City Council on the east portion of the city of Wichita. And we'll have her in studio at 10 o'clock. 10.30, we'll wrap up the program with Davis Liquor Outlet as we'll talk about some holiday fall drinks and ways to stay nice and roasty, toasty warm with the ongoing cool weather now, which means uh, it's open line to you for this half hour of the program at 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK on those maximum outdoor equipment hotlines. Anything you want to talk about, it is open uh, as we have a lot to touch on both here in the state of Kansas and beyond. So you're welcome to talk about anything that you want to. I have to apologize, though, because usually this is the Halloween episode. I mean, Halloween is on a Tuesday this week. This is usually our Halloween episode, which means usually, and we've done this really since I've been here for like 10 years, normally we have the Wichita Paranormal Research Society on the program. Now, I did not get them on the program because we've been so busy with election stuff. And we had an entire slate full today with candidates. So I apologize. I, I Maybe, maybe we can get them on the show next week. We'll see. But that would be kind of post-Halloween. I don't know. You know, so I, I feel kind of bad because the first time in like 10 years that we haven't had the Wichita Paranormal Research Society on where we have a lot of fun talking about some of the ghost hunts they do. We play some of the audio that they've been able to capture, some crazy stuff that they've experienced just because it's fun and I enjoy that type of conversation on this show. So I apologize. We have broken a at least an eight-year streak on this show of not doing that. And I apologize profusely for it. But nonetheless, we have a lot of stuff to get to with elections coming up and with some of the news and current events that are going on 
right now. I do want to get your thoughts on the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. Are you happy now that we have a Speaker, and are you happy with the Speaker that we have chosen? Uh, He's definitely come out swinging. He did a near 45-minute interview with Sean Hannity just a couple of days ago. I thought he said some really amazing things there. His speech on the House floor after he took the gavel was pretty incredible. And already, as of yesterday, we ended up passing appropriations bill number five out of the House of Representatives for the federal budget. Obviously, we still have a ways to go. We have like seven more to do before the end of the continuing resolution. But in that one bill by itself, which was the Water Department, I believe, the Waterworks Appropriations, we cut $800 billion out of that just by itself. Obviously not going to save us from bankruptcy, but a good start to the day. So uh, hat tips to that, and we're actually seeing some fiscal responsibility. It's going to take a long time to get back to where we really need to be, but heck, I'll take that any day of the week as a starting point. So well done, and I'm happy. We'll talk maybe a little bit about that uh, later on. Here in the state of Kansas, it has been busy as well. We are gearing up for the legislative session, and there's already been a few bits of news that are coming up for topical discussions in our session this year. One of them, Medicaid expansion, which we'll get to in a second. It's like year number five that Governor Kelly's been trying to push this one. Even some moderate Republicans have been pushing for it. It's not going to go anywhere, especially with our great leadership in our state legislature, Dan Hawkins, Ty Masterson. Those guys aren't going to allow that to happen or even allow it to even come up on the floor. So I commend you for that because that would be devastating to allow Medicaid expansion on the floor. But uh, we will talk about that. Governor Kelly apparently in Wichita this week trying to uh, do her big push because this is the heart of where we're trying to fight it. (laughs) So we have that. We also have a bill that will be discussed in the legislature that includes a raising of the salaries and the wages of our elected officials. And I'm curious on your thoughts on whether that's a good idea or not. Now, I have said on this program multiple times that I am in favor of and I know that's shocking because usually we don't want to give government more money. So uh, nor- <laughs> normally that's a shock and off factor that we don't want to give politicians more money because, well, you already make enough and you're already corrupt enough and we don't want to, you don't do anything anyway. So why would we pay you more? That being said, our state legislature, I am actually fully in support of giving them substantial wage increases. Andy, why is that? Well, let me tell you right now. Right now, with the amount of money that they make, which is not much at all, like $20,000 maybe a year, $18,000, whatever it is, it's really not much. But, Andy, they only work like four months out of the year. True. But here's the thing. Right now, unless you're in a good financial situation to do it, you can't leave your job for four months out of the year, right? Taking that a little bit further, usually your job won't even allow you to leave for four months out of the year and then return back and keep you on the payroll, which means you usually have to leave your job if you're going to run for a state legislative seat. And that could be a little bit difficult with the little bit of wages that they have. So really, unless you're retired and you don't have to worry about going to work or you're self-sufficient with having your own business and being a business owner and you can actually walk away from your own job and do the legislative work. Those are really the only two scenarios in, that gives you right now the opportunity for you to run for a political office here in the state of Kansas. And that can be very difficult for a lot. And I think it keeps the pool very limited on the opportunities that people have with, that may have some really great ideas to try and solve some issues in the state of Kansas and some great fighters in the state. It kind of limits their ability to actually be part of that conversation. So... To actually make a manageable wage, not to make $100,000 a year, 
but I think they're talking about raising it up to like $40,000 a year, I think is doable. I think is reasonable personally because that allows a younger generation person. That way we don't see everybody up there with the medium age at like 60 years old. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm just guessing. Uh, we don't see just the ones that have their own self-interest because a lot of them that are business owners, they come out with legislation that benefits their industry. They benefit themselves. They're there for their own personal ventures to better their own personal lives and their own personal industries that they're involved in with their own business, which means it's a very selfish motive for them to go up there. Or those that are retired, which nothing against being retired. If you have some great ideas, you know, do it all the power. But uh, I just got to say, there's not as much fight, not as much feistiness that you can have in Topeka if you know, you're up there like that, trying to just rock the boat a little bit, trying to cause some issues and fight for what really needs to be fought for. So it's very difficult for to run for office with that limited wage in the state right now for elected officials. So personally, I'm all for the ability. Now, here's the, the scary part, and here's the part that many elected officials are concerned about, is going into an election year, does it look bad politically to have yourself vote yourself a pay raise? especially when things are kind of haywire at times and inflation's up right now and wages are down compared to inflation right now and we have strikes going on right now and we have the Biden economy going on right now. Is it the best time for that to happen in the political sense of voting yourself a pay increase as a state legislature? That could look bad. And, of course, the politics that gets played during election season, your opponent can use that against you on the campaign trail saying that you're voting yourself a pay increase. So I understand why many are hesitant to do it, but personally, I think it's a great idea, and we need to see a pay increase so that way someone else, it, it widens the door for better individuals to step up. Not that all of them are bad, but it, it invites the opportunity for more individuals to be able to step up and have that opportunity to be part of the system, to be part of that conversation, and to be part of that leadership that we have in our state legislature that I think has been lacking for a long period of time. On the Medicaid front... While we're talking about spending lots of money, this is probably one of those where we don't need to spend a massive amounts of money because I get it. The Democrats, this is their focal point. Now with Governor Kelly not needing to worry about re-election, she is gung-ho uh, running at full speed trying to make this happen this year, and I don't see it happening. I really don't see it happening. Ty Masterson, Dan Hawkins, Senate President, House, uh, House Speaker uh, in the state, they are not going to allow this hopefully to get to the floor because it's not even worth the conversation. We've had the debates, we've had the conversations, and it's not worth it. But the latest argument that Governor Kelly's been using for the Medicaid expansion argument has been, well, look at all the funds that we have. Look at all the uh, surplus of money that we have in the state of Kansas. Now's the perfect opportunity to be able to afford Medicaid expansion. Which you would think if you have a massive amount of money sitting as a surplus that you would be giving that back to the taxpayer. So I don't know, maybe they could afford their own health plans on their own instead of the government expanding their own. Would be a reasonable conversation to have. Also, how long is that uh, surplus going to last? And once that surplus does run out, then are we going to have enough money to fund the ongoing Medicaid expansion. But that's not what we heard with the latest town hall, I guess, town hall meeting, if that's what you want to call it, with Governor Kelly here in the Wichita area talking about why this is such a great idea. 54% of the patients that we care for in the emergency department and in our inpatient behavioral health center are either uninsured or covered by Medicaid. That audio from Cake News, um, there's a lot to be said to that. 54% of people that come into 
the emergency room, medical centers that don't have insurance or have some type of Medicaid, there's a deeper issue there. And there's a lot of options that we could talk about, but why is a government healthcare system that's completely inefficient, that doesn't give you the quality that you need, why is that the only option to take care of those individuals? Again, thinking outside of the box here, thinking a little more logically, wouldn't we want to try and change the economic situation to where they can afford better health care on their own? They can have choices on what they can actually afford. Or if they're choosing not to get health care, then that's their own damn fault. I mean, if they're choosing not to do it, that's one thing. If they're looking for it and they're looking for a cost-effective way, why is a government option the only option that we have to make their lives better? Because we've heard from doctor after doctor, specialist after specialist, care center after care center. We've heard from them that said that they don't want to accept Medicaid because there are so many patients that it overruns and there's a backlog and then they don't they don't even get compensated for it the best way that they could be, which means it's not even worth them covering it. And the ones that are trying to get on Medicaid, the ones that truly need it, the ones that are, I don't know, on disability or the ones that are uh, that truly deserve this program because there's no other option out there for them, there's already a backlog because so few doctors actually accept it. They don't get reimbursed enough. And now the ones that truly need it as the ones with disability are sitting there for a month, two months, waiting to actually go see the doctor because they can't get in. So your option and your genius ideas on the other side of the aisle is to say, let's go ahead and expand the program to allow more people into it so the few doctors that are covering and carrying Medicaid and actually accepting that as a health care insurance policy, you're actually going to have more people on the back end waiting that have to wait longer in order for them to get the proper treatment in the health care system. How ridiculous does that sound? How lack of intelligent, low IQ does that sound as a possible uh, alternative to try and take care of these individuals? The other option could be allow more health insurance companies into the state, allow them to compete, lower the prices, raise the quality, allow true competition in a free, lazy, fair capitalist society. And then guess what? We can have better health care qualities at a better price. You get to choose the options that you want based on your own personal needs. What a concept and a shocker there. And then you can actually have decent health care covering more individuals. Then it's up to them to make those rational decisions and those proper family decisions on which one they're going to do or if they want to go down that road at all. But that's up to them. Some, however, say that we're just not having that conversation. If it's such a bad idea, why can't we have the debate? So let's bring all those things out so we can understand whether the pros and the cons of Medicaid expansion. <laughs> that was Senator Carolyn McGinn, which, by the way, she's not going to be there much longer as we just made that announcement a few weeks ago that State Representative Stephen Owens from District Number 74 will be running against her, uh, largely because of this these types of comments. We're not even having the debate. We've had the debate for years. And every time we have this debate, we shut it down, showing how ridiculous it sounds to try to expand Medicaid in the state again. We're missing out on money. No, we're not. We're going to get money in that's not going to fully cover the program, so it's still going to be more expensive. That's like going to the store, and it's not to make fun here, but that's a, a lot of women when they go to the store and they're like, oh, hey, there's something on sale. We need to buy it because it's cheaper. Well, do we need it? Well, it would be nice to have. Okay, how much is it? Well, it's going to be this amount of money. Well, so we're still spending outside of our budget. We didn't plan for this. Yeah, but it's on sale, and we're going to save money. We're not saving money. We're still spending money. We're still spending more it's, we're not going to spend as much as if it was at full price, but we're still spending more money. That's the discussion that we're having here. 
Medicaid expansion is going to be extremely expensive in this state. And just because we're going to get some money from the federal government to cover some of this does not make it affordable in this state. We have a surplus now, but that may not last forever, especially with this ongoing Bidenomics crisis that we're seeing. And it doesn't help anybody with their coverage because it only puts more backlogs, lowers the quality, and gives you crap insurance. I mean, that's what the government does anyways. But how does that make sense at all? It's a stupid argument. We've already had it, and we don't need to go down that road again. So keep having your town halls, but it's not going to work. And Ty Masterson, Dan Hawkins, you guys are friends. We love you to death on this program. The leadership's in both chambers and our legislature. I am full co fully confident that you guys are going to stop this in its tracks because it doesn't make any sense. Got to take a break. Your thoughts on all this and more. Speaker of the House in Washington, Medicaid expansion, increased raises of wages for the legislatures here in the state. There's a lot going on in Kansas, especially to get ready to wrap up the year and get ready for our legislative session of 2024. Plus election time in a week and a half. Are you ready? Have you gone to vote already as well? We'll talk with some of those candidates right around the corner. It's Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker KQAM. Stay right here. Frankenstein. There it is. Anybody watch that movie? Fantastic movie. Uh, by the way, we it's Halloween, man. We got to have a little bit of fun with this. If I have to ask you what your favorite Halloween movie is, favorite Halloween song, maybe we'll play a little bit of on the program again today as well. So happy Halloween, even though Halloween's technically on Tuesday. Today's going to be a fun one with the ooh, full moon. It's weird, man. We had a new moon for my birthday on Friday the 13th a couple weeks ago. Now we have a full moon going into Halloween weekend. Very spooky. And I kind of enjoy it. Welcome back in. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. The argument for Medicaid expansion, they've also tried to use it saying that that would be saving a lot of these rural hospitals across the country or across the state of Kansas, especially with more shutting down, which I think needs to have a deeper discussion. Obviously, Medicaid expansion would not solve that issue at all because, again, we're not going to – we'll see a little bit of money come in, but it's not going to be enough to save the hospitals, for one. It's not going to be enough for full reimbursement for these medical clinics, number two, which is why most medical clinics don't like to accept Medicaid expansion patients. They don't like Medicaid expansion. They don't like the Medicaid program because they don't get their full reimbursement, so it doesn't do them any good to accept a lot of these patients. As for the rural hospitals, let's have a deeper conversation about that, shall we? Let's recognize that things are changing, that society's changing a little bit, that the way we do things is a little bit different. And do we need this massive medical center in this small rural community for people to go to? Or, especially since COVID-19, when we were told not to go to the hospitals, is it more efficient for us to do things at home, to have smaller family clinics? What a concept, the family clinic that can take care of your family out of their small little office as opposed to this massive hospital. And then when you need some bigger serious things done, bigger surgeries done, then you could go to one of these bigger hospitals a little bit further away and go get that stuff done. Or you have a regional one in the area. But do you necessarily need a major hospital in some of these small rural communities? 
I mean, we have to look at the adaptation of society in general and just trying to hold on to something that's not efficient or working anymore doesn't serve us any purpose. And something like getting the government more involved by giving us government programs like a Medicaid expansion check is not going to save the day either. Interesting conversation. When we come back, we'll take a break here. Right around the corner, we'll shift gears into election season. We're a week and a half away, my friends. Have you voted? It's going to be that time. Gary Bond, candidate for Wichita City Council. We'll chat with him in studio right around the corner right here on Candace Talk on Wichita's Big Talker KQAM. At 316-721-TALK, this is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into it. Yes, indeed it is. It is Kansas Talk right here, Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM, plus our friends out in Garden City at KIUL as well. So much to cover, so little time to do at 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. As we uh, move through another Saturday, and it's Halloween weekend. Can you imagine, man? I'm so excited. It is cool weather. What is it? When I got in my car this morning, it said like 34 degrees, and it was so nice. I actually drove with my windows rolled down. I know that's the uh, (laughs) call me crazy all you want. I don't really care. Welcome back into it. Let's shift gears a little bit. We'll get back to our Medicaid expansion legislative issues here in just a little bit. But we do have uh, some guests in studio as we roll through the morning here, and we uh, bring it back down to the local area. Obviously, coming up, not this coming Tuesday, the following Tuesday, We have a major election coming up November 7th, and are you voting then? Are you already going out to vote right now, and do you know who you're voting for? Because when you go there and you vote on the ballot, you're not going to see an R or D in front of the names, which means you have to do your own due diligence to figure out what they actually stand for. So uh, we've had him in before, but in studio with us, candidate for City Council District Number 5. The man himself, Gary Bond. What's going on, brother? How are you? Good morning. It is kind of cold outside. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> nice. Kind of nice. We enjoy it. Uh, it's the it's the weather where you get to enjoy the cool, but then come inside and have a hot glass of cocoa or tea by the fire and enjoy. Oh yeah, that's what we're looking for. I like it. How's the campaign going? It's been uh, you've been working uh, on this for a while. Yeah, it's been uh, almost a year now. I filed last November because I knew exactly what I wanted to do. So I've been thinking about this and working on this for almost a year now. Almost a year. Yeah, you've been building up to it. So are you getting some good response to the door, still doing the door knocking? Oh, yeah, still still knocking. There's, you know, there's early voting and there's uh, advanced voting happening right now, but there are still a lot of people that vote on Election Day, November 7th. And mm-hmm. so you still have to uh, keep uh, keep the pressure up. I mean, be meeting people, putting signs up, talking to, like, on the radio, like, today, and I'll be on the, another station tomorrow. So, you know, things like that. So we have to keep up the up the work. Sure, absolutely. Um, I know you've already talked about this quite a bit and last time we had you on, but talk talk about if you get onto the city council, obviously there's a lot of issues that are going on right now. What are some of those things that you would want to prioritize, really focus on as a city council member for Wichita? Well, my number one issue is public safety. As I has said before, my dad was a policeman for 30 years. My brother worked on sheriff's department. But, uh, you know, uh, public safety, everything revolves around public safety. If you look at the, uh, the homeless situation, you look at uh, our economic uh, uh, viability in the city as far as businesses wanting to come and relocate here. If you look at the uh, quality of life that we uh, enjoy here in Wichita, all of that revolves around public safety. So that is our, my number one issue. And as you hear this campaign uh, uh, 
uh, rhetoric going around in the city during this election time. Public safety is is primary. Mm-hmm. Um, police department needs the most help. About 110 officers down now. Uh, we need to probably renegotiate their contract next year. So we'll have some need to do that. But uh, in, in my opinion, too, we need to have uh, even more officers someday, some that uh, may be uh, student uh, resource, uh, resource officers at the schools, the mm-hmm. SROs. We need to have one at every school building, is my opinion, and I know that'll be uh, an expansion of, say, money, and, but, but I think that's needed in society right now. Yeah, it's kind of weird that we don't have that right now. I know that a lot of schools around the country, my school used to have that in Colorado as well for obvious reasons with the things that go on in Colorado. But uh, unfortunately, we're seeing more and more issues come up and not even just like shootings or mass events, but just the confrontation with schools, with the, the drugs, with the fentanyl. And it's good to have that resource officer, not just to prevent that stuff, but also to get children comfortable with law enforcement being around them and being their friends. Yeah, that's one of the big things. We have some SRO uh, officers at the high schools now, but we need to have them in the middle schools and the elementary schools because that is where your gang problems start. Believe it or not, they start around fifth grade. So we need to have some officers in there. And they're not there mainly to, they're mainly to help them protect them, but also they form a relationship with those kids so that they can see that the, the, the officers are human beings that uh, they know they start learning what's right and what's wrong, uh, and they're able to talk to the uh, officers if they need to at that earlier age. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's talk about homelessness for a second. Obviously, that's been a big issue in the city of Wichita, not just in Wichita, but around the country as well. But there's more, whether it's economic issues because of, well, you know, the Biden economy, whether it's drug issues, whether it's VA issues, whatever the problems are, um, the homelessness is growing in the community, and even right here in the city of Wichita, what would we like to see done to try to address this issue? Well, I know that we had, uh, it's a crisis uh, uh, topic that's been coming up quite a bit. And if you do any driving around the city, you also see the problem. Um, We have had a a homeless task force that's been meeting, oh, they started January, so you could say maybe 10 months or so. Uh, I don't know what they're accomplishing right now. They're, They're meeting once a month. And if this is a crisis in Wichita, I think they should be meeting maybe maybe weekly. Mm. It's something that needs to be addressed. And when we see the homeless situation getting bigger and it's visible to us, the perception is that nothing is happening. Right. And I know there are things that they're doing and they're they're coming up with some some different campuses that they're going to bring some some things together on, but it's going to take two or three years. And I think it's a more, a more immediate problem right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not going to be solved overnight, but it, it does need to be addressed. And the resources, not just to take care of them, which I think is one of the bigger problems because we hear others talk about uh, just wanting to take care of everybody, which is nice, but at the same time, that doesn't help them from getting out of the situation. And it actually encourages more to just go into the situation because, well, I'm going to be taken care of anyway, so it's not a big deal. It's about that next step of how to get them back on their feet and get them back into a workforce, get them back on good foundation, and actually start a new, a whole new life, essentially. Right. We, When they have these campuses, or they have places now in Wichita, but they, what they need to concentrate on, and they do concentrate on this, is that uh, not only does a homeless person need somewhere to, to sleep, but they need to maybe take a shower. Maybe they need to get a driver's license. Yeah. Maybe they need to get some decent clothing so they, when they go to apply for a job, they're looking decent at that interview. 
Um, so and and then also job, they need to be helped in in searching out where the jobs are where they can work, uh, transportation to get to the appointments and things. So there there are an assortment of things that need help in the homeless areas. Not just yeah. a matter of uh, just finding them somewhere to live and take care of them, which doesn't work usually. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about budgetary issues. We like talking about those. I'm a dork that way. But let's talk about uh, the budget itself, taxes, spending here in the city. Right now, we've had, obviously, the mass influx of money coming in from the COVID-19 pandemic. That is kind of set aside doing its own thing. But budgetary-wise, do you like the budget that, w- that the city's been working on, some of the project they've been working on? Or what would you like to change when it comes to sales tax, when it comes to tax in the area and the way that the government spends money? Well, I think the, the big issue um, lately has been the, uh, the, the revenue-neutral situation that we had where we was able to lower the mill levy and not raise taxes, not raise property taxes on the homeowners in Wichita, which uh, hurts uh, older people and people that are on a fixed income. It hurts them the, the worst, more than it would be that somebody's a little better off when you raise property taxes. But taxes, raising taxes are bad overall. Right. And uh, when, they, when they did that, they not only had a surplus of $12 million, they raised property taxes for another $12 million, which they could have used to give back to the public and not charge them. But now they've got $24 million. Oh, yeah, candy <laughs> jar. You know, here we go. Yeah. So then they find things to spend money on because I think a lot of the, the, the administration uh, in the city find things they need to spend money on, and then they, and then they uh, like take advantage Like a pickleball court? Yeah, pickleball court. <laughs> Big, great example. Uh, whether we needed to uh, do a pickleball court or maybe we needed to do a parking lot at the Indian Center, what, what's the choice? Are we going to fix infrastructure or have uh, – more uh, activity. I think the pickleball court thing should have been a, a private uh, endeavor, not uh, public. Mm. Yeah. Uh, looking at some of the entertainment, though, I mean, entertainment is important. I know that we built, obviously, the massive new baseball stadium downtown with some economic incentives. Do you think that seeing the return with businesses coming downtown or the revitalizing of downtown, which we've talked about for a few years now, a thing to try and entice more businesses to come in, more entertainment centers to come in, uh, are we on the right track there? And what would you like to see done in that area? Well, well, downtown, we talked about a couple of things already. One was the homeless. You are not going it, to, it's not encouraging uh, builders uh, or um, business owners to come downtown and open businesses when there's homeless people laying around and, and, and panhandling and what have you. Right. So that's not helping the downtown situation at all. So if we could get that under control, get that taken care of. Um, then we need to just get back to the basics. And one I said a while ago is the, the uh, if we could make this the safest city in the Midwest, if we could have low crime rates, yeah. and we could, in the, in the, especially the downtown area where that's where we're trying to get people to come downtown, I don't think we need to be raising parking meter rates to help people get downtown. I don't think we need to have homeless sleeping on the streets to help the downtown area. And I don't think we need to put a bicycle path on every street downtown mm-hmm. and encourage all the bicycle things that were discouraging cars to come down there. There's got to be a, a, big, a better balance on that. Kind of and a happy medium between help, them. Yeah, yes, sir. And uh, help that downtown area in that way. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, we're talking with Gary Bond, candidate for Wichita City Council, District Number 5. I, I love to talk about this issue. i got to pick your brain on it, but food deserts in the community. That's always something that uh, we get a lot of callers to call and talk about, which is food deserts. How do we solve 
those types of issues, which I think plays into the crime issue, plays into the homeless issue. Obviously, a business is not going to open themselves up in an area where they're getting stuff stolen all the time, which is why we saw things that near, I want to say, what, like the uh, the 13th and uh, Oliver area. Yeah, where we had that save a lot that was that closed down, unfortunately, creating another food desert. There needs to be uh, a way where we can clean some of that up, make communities better, but also give them the options that they need. Because I got to say, it still breaks my heart when I think of the only food you can get is a hot dog and bag of chips at the gas station. That is not healthily sustainable, and it breaks my heart that that's the only food that some people actually have. And sometimes uh, it's a lack of gas stations even in those areas, Mm. uh, as well as food. Uh, But also, you're right, it gets back to the safety issue. Uh, If you were to open a store in a certain area and people kept uh, stealing, you know, from you and intimidating the customers and your business was low, you know, I'm a free market and capitalism type of of believing person. And if uh, we can't have a store in there that's going to be safe, they're not going to be there. Right. And so, you know, we may have to to alleviate the problem until we get this uh, uh, safety issue done. We may have to have some uh, some some Uber type of uh, maybe gift certificates or vouchers to help people get to maybe the Dillons over on Rock Road to get back until that situation is taken care of. But I think the neighborhood also should take some responsibility on the safety issue, mm. you know, because it's their neighborhood. They need to to step up and make it safe. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunities, along with uh, increasing farmers markets, allowing people to be able to grow stuff and sell it in their backyards. I mean, there's there's tons of options that we have to make things better. Uh, Gary, we're running short on time here. We got just about a minute or so left. But uh, last words to get people out to vote and what what you want people to know about you. Well, I want you to know that I am a man of the people. I uh, one of my philosophies is that uh, it should be people over politics. So when you, you you take a look at that, it, and that's what happens when I go to the doors and talk to people, they learn that I'm a man of the people. I talk like them. I, I think like them. Yeah. And I think that uh, they need to vote for me because of that reason. And you may not know who I am, but I'm telling you now, you need to vote Bond, Gary Bond, on November 7th. Bond, Gary Bond. There it is, District Number 5, the northwestern portion here in the city of Wichita. Good luck, my friend. Elections just a week and a half away. People get out and vote. And, uh, Gary, good luck. Hopefully we'll talk to you again here real soon, my friend. Always a pleasure. There it is. We'll take a break. Got to wrap up uh, hour number one. One more segment around the corner. We have uh, Patrick Penn coming on momentarily to talk about how the county is allowing you to see the Republican candidates in that area as well. So we'll do that here right around the corner. Plus, Becky Tuttle, candidate for district number two on the east side and current incumbent as well. We'll kick off hour number two with her right around the corner on Candace Talk, Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM. Saturday, Kansas Talk, Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM. Oh, yeah, yeah, Halloween. There it is, officially. <laughs> there it is. Happy Halloween, everybody, although it is officially Tuesday. Thanks again to Gary Bond coming on the program, candidate for district at number five, Wichita City Council. Uh, to talk about that and more as we get ready for just getting out the vote, the election in general, with you going out and voting in a week and a half, I uh, had to bring him on here, talk about what the Cedric County Republican Party is doing and letting you know about the candidates that are out there right now. He's with the Cedric County Republican Party and state representative. It's Patrick Penn on the line. Patrick, what's going on, brother? How are you? Brother Andy, how are you feeling? Man, living the dream every day. That's just what we do, right? Dreaming the life. I tell you what, man, thank you so much for having us on this morning. 
And I just want to let you know how much of a blessing you and your listeners are, uh, both to us and all of us who are up there in the state house trying to do the good work for the people of Kansas. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate it, man. We're just trying to get that message out there, which you guys have been doing and working hard. I'm excited about these elections. I feel good about this offseason. Yeah, I do too. But I tell you what, the scary thing is this Halloween is if we let Brandon Whipple become our mayor again. <laughs> Nobody voted for him the first time. They were voting against the other clown show that was going on. And if we, by virtue of us not being motivated to get up and get out and vote, uh, that guy can actually win this thing again. And I would hate to see that happen because that is a scary proposition for all of our constituents. Yeah, yeah, that would be very scary. Uh, I did laugh a little bit because the law enforcement, the uh, Fraternal Order of Police, made a very bold statement, making sure everybody was very well aware that they are not supporting him in any way, shape, or form in this election. <laughs> <laughs> that was exciting. I was there for that, and you're exactly right. Uh, they said that loud and proudly, and, and we're very, very happy for that. I tell you what, um, one of the things that we do know that we should support, while the, uh, while the uh, Fraternal Order Police was not supporting Whipple, we do know that his opponent that he has right now, a lady by the name of Lily Wu, uh, deserves a, a look uh, from each of your voters, as well as uh, that vote, uh, if they would be so inclined to do it, because she is the only one standing between, um, you know, us and more boil water orders, more tearing down of the police, more of the antics that Whipple has been doing with cigars and the whole nine. So I would leave it to your voters to uh, really check out Lily Wu and support her as well. And most importantly, as the vice chair of Cedric County GOP, I will tell you, all of our Republican candidates deserve their vote. We have some amazing candidates that are coming up uh, from Wichita. Uh, we have uh, for the not only for the school board, we have uh, a couple of people in there um, to include. Um, what is it Gary Bond? I believe yeah. it is. Yeah, He's going yeah, on. Just, yeah, we just had well Gary Bond and Sumi with us. Yeah, Brent Davis, uh, Jason Carmichael, Ken Carpenter, City Council Becky Tuttle, Dalton Glasscock, J.V. Johnston, and Gary Bond. Each of those are outstanding people. I know them. I trust them. And I'm telling you, uh, the biggest thing that we need to have, Andy, uh, are people that we can partner with, solid partners from the state level. When we push things down to the city and local government for inaction on behalf of the people of Kansas and on behalf of the people of Cedric County and the city of Wichita, we need to know that the partners that we have down here are going to faithfully execute that on behalf of the people and not their own prerogatives. Each of these people that I've listed between Lily Wu, uh, Becky Tuttle, Dalton Glasscock, J.V. Johnson, or Gary Bond, uh, uh, Brent Davis, Jason Carmichael, and Ken Carpenter, they are the type of people that we want to have. And if I may be so bold in the limited time that we have, I want to talk about Derby as well. Uh, yeah. You might have some listenership down there. Absolutely. Uh, I think we have one of the really good people. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but uh, running for mayor down there, we have Elizabeth Stanton and the school board, Kathy Boot, Boyd Rollins, and Dave Snowden. Uh, Dave Souten is a, is a good guy as well. I would encourage each of your listeners to go out there and really uh, vote for the Republicans that are in here because we need people that not only are law and order, not only are for lower taxes, but they also give a care about our kids on that school board. The things that we push down from the state house, we need some people down here who can enact that faithfully. And uh, I trust these people. So please, if you want to vote, just encourage your, your voters. They can still early vote. They can request an advance ballot. But if uh, they want to get up and vote in person, take 10 people with them because it's coming down to literally how many people vote. Yeah, and with these local elections, it always comes down to just one or two votes, it seems like, in many cases for these swing uh, swing elections, which it was encouraging in August. We saw really a decent turnout for some of these primaries in the offseason. So I'm expecting a relatively decent voter turnout for this one, you think? 
Yeah, I think we can. I think that, there, you know, a lot of it comes to deal with the excitement and whether or not people are energized to do it. And that's what I'm so grateful for you today, allowing me to come on and energize folk and let them know that we work for you. And uh, if you really want to have that power that you actually, if you want to wield that power that you actually have, I should say, get up, get out and vote and take 10 people with you to vote for the Republicans. Uh, because I know that the Republicans are about law and order. They're about decency. They're about limited government and, and lower taxes. Uh, but but actually getting more jobs and doing those things for economic development uh, that will spur on more jobs and lower taxes. So if you want to have a, your kids with a quality education and get your taxpayer dollars worth, you need to vote Republican up and down the line. Uh, and you definitely need to get out here and support to get anybody but Whipple into that mayor seat. Anybody because, but Whipple. Uh, That's y'all right. recall, there's some shenanigans that the guy does, and he comes after our communities pretty hard in the faith and religious community as well as uh, with our economic community. And uh, for everybody that I've talked to, they can't stand the guy. I think I'm in that camp. Uh, Patrick, I still think that we need to start a GoFundMe campaign to rent out a dumpster to drop off so he can start cleaning things out. I, I think that should be I think that should be happening. We're out of time, my friend. Patrick, I appreciate it very much, brother. we got to get you back on to talk some legislative stuff here soon. Brother, let's do it. Bless you. All right. Always a pleasure. There it is Patrick Penn, the vice chair for the Central County Republican Party and state representative here in Kansas. Always love having him on the program. There you go. Vote Republican. Man, if he doesn't uh, charge you up, get you excited, I don't know what will. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two right around the corner. It's Kansas Talk on KQAM. Stay here. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker. KQAM1480 on the AM dial, 99.7 HD4. If you have that smart radio, you can get that HD high definition. I don't know why you'd want to hear me in HD, but if you want to, then all the power to you. Uh, you can find us on 99.7 HD4. Also, our friends out in Garden City, Kansas, 1240 KIUL. You're rocking it with us here every morning as well. Great to have you. It is Kansas Talk and another Cool. I, I I had to take a double take during that last segment with uh, Patrick Penn. I heard thunder, and it was loud thunder, and it makes me so happy. It makes me so happy. I love walking outside, 34 degrees, and as you can, if you're watching the video feed, which you can find on Facebook at facebook.com/1480kqam. Yeah, I have my cutoff T-shirt on. I enjoy my 30 degree temperatures, and I will continue to enjoy my 30 degree temperatures. And now with the rain, might be a little hard for like the trunk or treating that we're going to see around today, but. Still fun nonetheless. Welcome into it. 316-721-8255 on the Maximum Outdoor Equipment Hotlines. We'll get your thoughts on a lot of issues that we talked about in the first hour and moving forward. But I want to shift gears as we continue our coverage of election season 2023. I don't like calling it off-season elections because it's still an election, so it's not off-season. And it's probably your more important elections. We'll see what the voter turnout looks like. We had Gary Bond on District Number 5, Wichita City Council, just in the last segment. And in studio now, the incumbent for District Number 2. Two. That's right. It's the woman herself, Becky Tuttle. How are you? I'm great. Good morning. It is and so I good to see you. I thought the same thing about the rain. Yeah. I grew up in Iowa, so I, I'm pretty hardy. I like the cooler temperatures, but we are still in, in uh, Phase 1 drought. Yeah. So any moisture that we can get, I know our public works team and I are, and all you know our leaders in our community are just are, enjoying. Are, yeah, it. doing it now. Tomorrow it could be snow. So. <laughs> Taking it to an extreme here. We right. went from eighty to snow in like two days. If you don't like the weather in Kansas, stick around <laughs> for a day. It'll change. I heard the big rain we got just a couple of days ago. Um, I think our weather reporters from Cake News, hat tip to those guys that do our our weather reports. 
They were saying that that was the most amount of rain we had seen in one day for the fall since like 2016. Yep, that's like, what that's I heard insane. too. Yep. Wow. Yep. And we need it, so we'll take it all. We need it. So uh, real quickly on that, I know you guys have been monitoring this. Have we gone into different water advisories in the city with uh, Cheney Reservoir and the levels there? So we're at phase one still. If we okay. enter into phase two, then that will be the plan. And so I've already been in communications with our public works team um, talking a little bit about it because some of the potential restrictions would maybe have a bigger impact in my district than some of the others mm. um, because much of the west side folks have wells where on the east side of town we don't. Yeah. Um, so we're just really hopeful that the moisture will continue naturally so we don't have to go into phase two of our drought plan. The nice thing has been throughout some of the really hot stents that we never got into phase two, correct? We stayed in phase one the We've whole summer, which was good one. news. Yes, that was good news. Yeah, so, yeah. absolutely. Uh, it would be nice to see it drizzle for like an entire week as opposed to an entire dump in one day. I agree. But... So we don't have any flooding <laughs> and all of those issues that come with it. That's right. Uh, how's the campaign going? I know now we're gearing into obviously election season just a week and a half away until election day. So nine are you days, feeling, Andy. Yeah, nine you days. feeling good? It's nine days. It's even sooner than that. Yeah. Uh, are you feeling pretty good? You know, I have been really blessed to have an awesome team who's been working with me called Team Tuttle um, and supporting me and and. I've, I've worked really hard. Um, it's interesting to be the incumbent because, you know, you're trying to do the job and then you're also trying to campaign. Right. So it's some some long days, but I wouldn't have it any other way. And and it's not lost on me every day when I like this afternoon, I'm going to be knocking doors. What a privilege it is to be able to do that. Yeah. How few people run for office and get the experience of campaigning. So I look at it as truly just a privilege they, and I try to have a lot of fun with it because you, you gotta, get to you meet to. so many people and hear people's perspectives. And that also is is something that I really, really enjoy. I try and stay engaged with the community. I'm on um, several boards and committees so that I can continue to network. But there's nothing like going to people's doors yeah. or having people come up to you and say, hey, tell me what you want to support. Why should I vote for you? That's the best part of all of yeah, this. Yeah, it's a great conversation. They always say that it's always recommended for someone to run for some type of office to get that experience to know yeah. what it takes to do it to do the door knocking to be more sociable and talk to people around there it's it's always recommended no matter what it is just run for an office at some point in your life just to get that experience yeah i agree and even if you can't run for office consider being appointed to one of our many boards that we mm. have or um, precinct yeah, person right that's how this whole thing started for me as i was asked to serve on our district advisory board i was very involved in the community and issues for public health and health care and different things but when i got asked to be on a district advisory board for then Pete Meitzner, who was city council, sure. um, but now is chair of the county commission. Um, that was really the opportunity where I would have never thought of running. But then when I was approached to, to consider being appointed, I went, wow, this this could be a different way to serve. Yeah. And I believe I have a servant's heart. I think you have to serve before you can lead. And this has provided me the opportunity to do both. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about being, the, like you said, being the incumbent, you campaign a little bit differently as opposed to what you want to see change, what you want to see done. But talk about being obviously in city council, what you've tried to work on, what you've tried to focus on and what you'd like to continue to do if you are on the city council moving forward. That's a great question. Thank you. Um, I'm a huge champion and advocate for infrastructure. Um, I currently serve as the Wichita Area Metropolitan Planning Organization chair. Um, I'm very excited about that. It's 22 cities and three counties, and we are responsible for determining how our Kansas Department of Transportation and Federal Highway Administration dollars that are allocated to this region are 
spent. So we have a 25-year master transportation plan. So that's something that I've worked really hard um, and, and was so, so honored and excited to be able to serve as chair. Um, I've done a significant amount of work with food deserts sure. and food insecurity. This is an issue that I've worked on for more than a decade, even before I was on council, and was able to champion the city of Wichita and Sedgwick County to pl- pass a joint a master food plan. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, I just got asked to speak at Community Leaders of America last week on our work in this area regarding food deserts and food insecurity to other elected officials. Cool. So that, yeah, that was great. And and the thing that I appreciate about the master system, the food system master plan, is it's not just a stagnant plan that's going to sit on a shelf and, you know, we review it and hope we do something. We also now have a food and farm council, and they have been charged with taking that plan and implementing the plan. Good. So we'll hopefully see some progress. With, with your, let's let's talk about that for a second. Sure. So we just talked about Gary uh, with that. And we have a lot of callers that, that bring that topic up. Yeah. Um, your research trying to figure out why we're having food deserts. What are some of the causes? Obviously, we've talked about crime a lot. Sure. We've talked about the lack of opportunity for businesses to succeed in certain sure. areas. Is that the only issue? But what else is going on? Why do you think we're seeing so many food deserts? Uh, and we did, first did the food desert study with the Health and Wellness Coalition back in 2013. And we learned that 25% of our population then lived in a food desert, 44 square miles of food deserts wow. within the city of Wichita. We have a few zip codes that are entirely food deserts, which means that you live more than one mile from a full service grocery store and half of the folks living in that zip code are, are considered low income. And so... Part of the reason is exactly what you said, is that within the grocery industry, the margins are razor thin. And part of the plan, when we developed it, we had a steering committee. We had folks from national grocery store chains on the planning committee with us to make sure that we were getting their perspective. So it's part of it is, you know, getting people to food. Um, Even if you have a grocery store, but you don't have transportation to be able to get there or you don't want to go because you don't feel that you can get there safely, all of those issues. You don't have the the financial resources to be able to get there. So I always say when we talk about food deserts, it's food to people and it's people to food. And so we have to start looking at a different paradigm. Are there things that we can do within the city of Wichita, our transit department, that we can make it easier for people to traverse to a grocery store? Do we need to think about... Um, you know, are there incentives that can be offered and not necessarily to build another brick and mortar grocery store, because if a grocery store could make it, the for profit industry would already take care of it. Right? <laughs> right. So what could the municipalities, along with non for profits in the community do? I strongly believe that issues such as this government can't solve them all alone. Right. We can't and we shouldn't. Right. We need to be doing this in collaboration with the non for profits and the for profits who are in this space as well. So we are one seat at the table. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm super excited that the city and the county were able to pass the plan and then also appoint a, a group of really educated, knowledgeable content experts to be able to say, okay, we're going to move forward to address this. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you vote, what side of the aisle you're on, everybody agrees people should have access to food. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Farmers markets, is that an option here? Farmers Increasing markets farmers are a markets? great option. And one of the things that we've been able to do in the city is now, if you are going to a farmer's market and you use transit as a way to you know get to this around the community, that if you're going to a farmer's market, you can ride for free. I mean, it's just one more option of getting people to food and food to people. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, you talked a lot about infrastructure as well. We've done some revitalization to downtown. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of plans to do more revitalization to downtown. But what else would we like to see? 
I just want to throw it out there. I'd like to see an aquarium here. I keep uh, hearing you know, that. <laughs> and last week when I was in Gulfport, Mississippi, we went to their aquarium and it was beautiful. Yeah. They just built it a couple of years ago. Um, I keep hearing people say that, that, now, that could that be the, an option. with everything around you, that's a little creepy. Don't know that I can do that. I liked that though. Oh, really? I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. I was a fan. Yeah. I, I, I think that one of the most important things we can do in our community is think about quality of life initiatives for sure. folks. Sometimes it sounds like a nicety. But it really is a necessity. I was in a meeting with folks from Spirit, one of our anchor industries, two weeks ago. And I, and I always say, whether it's an, an industry, a small business, a person, what can the city of Wichita do for you? And out of all of the things that one of our you know biggest employers in the city of Wichita and the region said we could do is quality of life initiatives. Mm. They can bring people here for good jobs, but they need to have people stay. Right. And the amenities are what help people stay. So I always think that's interesting. The other thing, too, in, in terms of infrastructure, we are building our water treatment plant, yes. right? Half a billion dollars. We're, Which that's getting close to being it's done, It's getting isn't it? close yeah. to being done. We're going to be, yeah, I'm super excited. 2024 is going to be great. Um, awesome. And we're also working on our sewage treatment plant, BNR, um, almost another half a billion dollars of, of infrastructure. North Junction, we have East Kellogg expansion, we have K96 expansion. Those five projects are $2 billion worth of infrastructure. Wow. Thinking of the next generation of Wichitans, right? At, at, those projects will impact Wichitans for decades to come. And so it's such an exciting time to be on city council. And, and hopefully I'm blessed in nine days to continue to serve, to see some of these projects come to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. At the same time, you said bringing people into it as well for job opportunities. Uh, we were ranked number one in the nation for people working at home. Yes, I thought um, that was interesting. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, super interesting. Just because of the stability for the, for the utilities, which is nice. But industry-wide diversity of industry are we doing enough to entice people to come to it not only residents but also the businesses themselves to want to invest here in the Wichita area sure I think cities can be like magnets and for us to have a strong magnetic pull, not only for business and industry, but for visitors and for residents, we need to be able to make bold decisions. We need to be able to give them what they want. Um, you know, obviously quality of life, a, a warm, diverse, inclusive community so that people want to come here. But then also we need to have a skilled workforce. And that's one of the things that the city of Wichita, along with other partners, can continue to support. I was very proud that five million of our American Rescue Plan that we got from the city, $72.4 million. We received $5 million we allocated for workforce development. Sure. I'm quite sure that our anchor industries are being courted every day by other cities to come to them. And the reason they tell us they stay here is that we have a skilled workforce. So the city can't, again, do it, do it all alone, but we can be, play a supportive role. Yeah, absolutely. We got a few minutes left here, Becky. It goes by so fast. But it what does. else would you like people to know going into Election Day? Obviously, then just to get out the vote, but to, to know about you, to be able to vote for you uh, coming up on November 7th. Thank you for that opportunity. I have championed issues that I think are important to me and my neighbors. Um, food deserts and insecurity, better infrastructure, public safety. I've been endorsed by the Fraternal Order of Police. I come from a law enforcement family. so that Who did some... not endorse Whipple, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> so I have a, a really strong um, relationship with our police department, and, and they know that I'm an avid supporter for, for them to keep our community safe. I've also championed child care issues. When you talked about working for 
from home and more people doing that. But we still need to make sure that we have quality child care that's reliable yeah. and affordable. Um, and I was able to pass an ordinance and now working with folks at the state to see some change come um, at that level. So just some of the things that I'm very interested in. But um, arts, I'm a huge, you and I have talked about this. I could come back and talk about arts yeah, and our new absolutely. economic prosperity study that we just did and what an economic driver it is in addition to quality of life. Sure. But I say this and I mean it, it's not a catchphrase, but what matters to Wichita's is what matters to me. Yeah. So when people come to me with an idea, even if it's not something that I'm super passionate about, I want to hear about it. I want to learn about it and see what role I can play or who do I know that, that could play that part. Yeah. There's a lot of issues and we're, we're on the track for a lot of stuff. we got to fix a lot of things, but it's uh, it's moving in, I think, overall in a generally right direction. I, I see think. a lot of momentum. And yeah. even in the last five years since I've been on council, um, people are excited to be in Wichita. They're excited to see what's next. All of the development in the core that we talked about, all of the other infrastructure that's coming, new amenities that are coming, just in District yeah. 2, people are excited about what they're seeing. The expansion around city, it's it's really interesting to watch. The child care thing's weird, too, because now we're seeing businesses actually create their own child care center for sure. the business, which I, is strange. I was just on a conference call this week, as a matter of fact, um, with Textron, because they want to develop what's called a microsite yeah. and there's lots of state regulation regarding it so they wanted to make sure getting into it they're taking the right steps they had heard that i was an advocate for child care i always say um our folks within the city of wichita child care licensing and our folks who are actually child care providers they're the expert i'm going to be the advocate sure. so trying to help and, and make it easier for industry who wants to develop a microsite to be able to do that it's a new concept but talk about a recruitment and retention tool Absolutely. for employers your, wouldn't you your love kids are right there next door right to you. there next to you talk about convenience and ease and safety and peace of mind and all the things that that families need these days it almost seems like a business is going to be its own little community where you just live right there on site and work and then have your child care and just they just do their own thing it's a it's a it, it's strange it's a unique way to uh, tackle issues, I think. Yeah, that way you just never have to leave work, right? That's right. Never have to leave work. That's right. You're on call all the time. It's Becky Tuttle, District Number 2, incumbent for the Wichita City Council. Good luck on November 7th. Thank you. Always Thank you for having you. me. I truly appreciate it. And really, everyone get out and vote. I tell people consistently, men and women have shed their blood so that mm. we would have the right to vote. So please don't forget to get out and vote. Vote early if you are advanced ballot or you want to go early November 7th, nine days away. Go get it. Go get it done. And I think we're going to see a decent voter turnout, especially after what we saw in August. Yeah, I, I hope I'm so. Optimistic. I'm optimistic as well. I love it. Good to talk to you, Becky. We'll Great do it again soon. To you. Have a wonderful day. You as well. And happy Halloween. All right. We got to take a break here. We'll take some phone calls when we come back for a minute. Davis Liquor Outlet, bottom of the hour as well. Talk about some of those drinks that you can enjoy for the cooler weather in the fall season for the festive holidays. If you need a little drink to help you get through some of the family occasions. Back after this on Candace Talk on Wichita's Big Talker, KQ. Six minutes past the hour. Welcome back into it. Hey, I want to tell you about my friends over at Napoleon Appliance Repair. We are getting into the fall season, obviously. Now that it's cool outside, you don't want your oven to go down. You don't want your appliances to go down, especially getting into the festive holidays when you're trying to cook the turkey, do some other things. You want to make sure things are running smoothly. You need to call Napoleon Appliance Repair LLC. They can help out with any type of appliance you may have, whether it's the preventative maintenance, 
or fixing some of the stuff that may go down during that crisis moment. Give them a call, 316-409-1525, 316-409-1525 for Napoleon Appliance Repair. Mike and Mike will help you out. Wonderful individuals. I promise you, uh, here shortly after the elections, we're going to get them on to talk about the appliances for the fall season. You can also follow them with what they're doing on their Facebook and Napoleon Appliance Repair LLC on Facebook. Go and check those guys out as well. We had a caller on the line. They just dropped off. Right. You held on for 20 minutes and then you dropped off. So call us back at 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK on the Maximum Outdoor Equipment Hotlines. We'd love to hear from you there. Again, I apologize because normally for Halloween... And for the Halloween episode, we have on the Paranormal Research Society from the city of Wichita with Sherry and all the great team. We'll have them on next year. I probably Maybe we'll do it in the next week or so. I'm not quite sure. Maybe we'll do that. But, you know, this is like the Halloween episode. So, uh, you know, we didn't get to it. There's election coming up, which I am optimistic that we're going to see some decent turnout for this one. We saw, what was it, 18 to 20 percent, 22 percent for the uh, voter turnout in the primaries in August. That's optimistic for me. For the general election here in November as well. We got just about a minute left, but let's go to the phones here, shall we? The minute's all yours. Good morning, who's this? Yeah, this is Ben. Hey, what's going on, my friend? Uh, well, happy Halloween, and uh, happy Halloween. you can go up north by Valley Center and go to Theorosa's Bridge at 93rd and North and Meridian, and okay. it's haunted. Ooh. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. That's good to know. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you better go in the daytime. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I like it. All right. She so, might come get you. Yeah, you can uh, go to the paper, and it's got a whole bunch of stuff through the years. That is good to know. I love hearing about haunted places in the area and, uh, for this. Yes. And happy Chilly Willie Day. That's right. Happy cool weather to you, my friend. I love it. Try and stay dry out there. It's great to talk to you. Appreciate the phone call very much. There it is. The cool weather. The Halloween season's officially here. And it's a full moon tonight, which is really awesome. So enjoy that if you... I don't know what you can do with a full moon other than look at it and be like, ooh, that's really pretty. But nonetheless, go and enjoy that as well. All right. Got to take a bottom of the hour break. Wrapping up the show right around the corner. We're going to talk about some drinks to keep you warm during the cool season. And the fall season and the holidays. Maybe you need one during that family get-together. Whatever that occasion may be, make sure to check them out. We'll have Davis Liquor Outlet in studio with us right around the corner to wrap up this program on a Saturday. On the final Saturday for the month of October, it's Kansas Talk at Switchtown's Big Talker KQAM. Stay right here. Wichita's number one in talk radio. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was the Biden family. Ah, did it. Welcome into it. Last half hour on the home stretch here for Kansas Talk, Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM, plus our friends out in Garden City, Kansas, as well on KIUL. Always a pleasure to have you along for the ride here. Michael Brown with the weekend. He'll be joining us, uh, not us, he'll be joining the station right around the corner as he's based out of 630K How in Denver, Colorado. Great individual that'll air here on KQAM and on KIUL out there as well, starting at 11 o'clock. All right, election season. 
We've touched on it. Nine days away. Make sure to get out and vote. We'll run through those candidates again before the end of the show if we have time as well. But I want to shift gears a little bit because I love doing this. We do this uh, oh every couple of months or so to talk about what drinks and adult beverages we get to enjoy during the holiday season. Whether it's because you want to stay warm and roasty toasty inside. Or whether it's because, well, you have a family get-together and just need that adult beverage as well. But the men themselves, Brian and Blake Davis with Davis Icarella. What's going on, guys? Welcome to it. Hey, glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, we also brought yes, our the special guest behind the scenes teacher, as well. Carrie Davis yeah. from Carrie Davis Liquor on West Kellogg. Ooh, see? We have it all across <laughs> the board. We got them all covered. I have to say, so last time you guys came in, you brought that pumpkin beer. And uh, I, I grabbed one of those. I had it in the fridge for a while, and I drank that one again, and it was just as good. I love it. Do you still have any of that left? No. No, <laughs> of course not. I was worried about that. Yeah, we ran out uh, really like two weeks ago. We had a lady coming out west, and she bought our last four-pack. Man. And then she said, hey, can you look at your other stores and see what you have? And she went and bought what we had at the other stores. She just bought them all up. She's, and gosh. Find her. She stopped Yeah, up. yeah. That is track customer, her that's customer service. <laughs> that's how far we will go. If you uh, need it, we'll find it. Really, this year, you know, all things considered compared to years past, you know, for pumpkin beers for Oktoberfest, yeah. we've had more of that in the month of October than we usually do. I mean, about half the time we get to October 1st and it's usually gone. 90% yeah. is cleared out. So it was nice to... Uh, actually have the timing work out this time yeah my wife doesn't care much of the pumpkin stuff she she enjoyed that one a little bit but i i, I drank it up that was that was gone if you're chasing the yingling oktoberfest we still have some at 13th and waco Ooh, and i think it's 8.99 to six pack we're trying to uh we need to get rid of it yep. we got some winter got stuff nice coming in we've got to get it out of there so. so doing the transition from the from the fall pumpkin stuff into the winter things yeah what does that transition look like what's uh what's on the slate for winter time it's mostly uh, seasonal-wise, you're going to see a lot of the bigger beers like stouts or, um, you know, spiced beers and stuff like that. Winter warmers, um, stuff like that, that you can drink. Oh, it's a little more, you know, yeah. 8, 10, 12, okay. 14. 15%, depending on what kind of day yeah. you want to have. Uh, stuff that warms you up as you go down. Interesting. Sam okay. Adams Winter has came out already, and then they have a, a Old Fetswick, which I have not tried. I don't know if we had it last year. Okay. I'm Just picture that as being Christmas flavors. Christmas I mean, flavors. I like it. Yep. Like could be the pine tree outside yeah. a little bit of uh, yeah yeah my neighbor last year i think i talked to you guys about this last year uh or two years ago it was the it was the the shiners and it was some type of holiday one that they had like a pecan and peach or something delicious and i don't think they had it last year but uh that was a big one that was a big one i fell yeah, in love with that not to my knowledge coming back so, yeah, yeah, those variety six packs are fun. You know, just get a couple of you know different fun stuff. But yeah, we have not have not seen it for the past. It's like the beefy crunch burrito at Taco Bell. Like you have it for a short <laughs> amount of time, get people hooked on it. Like, oh, sorry, no more. It's all gone. I mean, it's come like, on, man. It's like that hamburger burrito those guys <laughs> are talking about all week long in the morning. That's right, Taco yeah. Tico. The Taco Tico. Yeah, they they get you hooked on it. Then it's like, oh, we're not going to make that one anymore. I'm like, pretty sure on, Phil lives there. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think so. I love it. So the transition's beginning to happen. We have a little bit of that fall stuff left, but now that obviously the little bit cooler weather's out there right now. It's time to stay warm, like you said, a little bit more spice stuff. Do people go for maybe the harder drinks a little bit to stay warmer, or what's what's the flavor uh, on type of beverage? I think you definitely start, uh, you know, feeling more bourbon season just because, you know, when it's 100 degrees out, I don't want to think about bourbon yeah. usually. Um, but when it's nice, you know, today's perfect for something chilly. You just want something to warm you up a little bit. Um, but this time of year also kind of gives way to stuff like, you know, our creamier options like Bailey's and stuff like that. And actually, we have a new one on okay. hand out at our uh, Kellogg store. 
Middle West Bourbon Cream. We have 750 mLs for $5.99 right now. We were able to get about 60 cases in. I think that was a whole pallet, so we made a nice deal, but uh, 60, 70 proof, $6 for a seven fifty. I mean, can you go wrong? Nice. Yeah. Something to sip yeah. on, something to put in your like coffee. We're, you know. we're always giving something away at Davis Liquor Outlet. Always giving something away, letting people try it out. <laughs> what do you do with the – I've never actually used a whole lot of the creams. What do you mix with the creams? Is it uh, like, a, like a coffee thing that you put in there, or what do you do with them? A lot of people do that. You know, that's kind of the, you know – perky up Christmas morning while the kids are opening presents or whatever. Um, but you can also just, you know, over ice too is pretty good depending on, you know, kind of what flavor you got and, and what you prefer. But, uh, you know, anything, yeah, anything you'd put creamer in or something, it, it goes right in there and just gives that little extra kick. Yeah. Interesting. Have to try this now. It's also fireball season. I mean, when isn't it fireball yeah. season? But <laughs> that is but true. It makes it seem like it should be more fireball season it right would, now. You so. would think so. Yeah, I've yeah. never gotten into fireball. The, the, the burning cinnamon <laughs> thing, I just, I have a hard time with. Well, if you want to get really into Fireball right now, um, now available at Davis Liquor Outlet, we have Fireball 5-liter kegs, 5.25 liters. They're going fast. They are. We only got one case at each store, so we had six total, Yeah, and we're out at one store. They're, they're dropping like but, flies, yeah. but, but if you need five liters of Fireball. That's so, three, three spigots on it. Maybe there is spigots. one thing I want to try, and I, I watch this guy on TikTok that does reviews where he just takes random mixes and he puts them together and see how they taste. Yeah. He did a Fireball and a Jägermeister mix, Ooh. and he said that it, he doesn't like either one of them, did the mix, but he said that the burn cancels each other out, and it actually tasted really delicious. Um, I think that down at... Uh, <laughs> I know, right? Down? That was my reaction. Well, I was like, why would you do this? We got pizza from uh, we have some friends that do uh, wild diet, wild cherry Pepsi and Fireball. Pump House. That wouldn't be bad. That um, wouldn't be bad. All right. And, and and speaking of your drinks, Pump House has like they mix Fireball with about anything, and they have some signature drinks. I don't know what they are. Yeah. But and they might mix them with Red Bull. I, again, I've only read it. <laughs> I'm about to try <laughs> it. of your. It's, it's the, anything with that much energy in it, and, and yeah. I'm I'm I don't need much more. Interesting. Yeah, I may have to try some of those. I, I have to try the Fireball and Jaeger. I, I don't know. He said that it takes that burn away from each one, but I, I don't know. Those seem like a really bad combo between the two. I wonder yeah. how Fireball and Tawaka taste. It's butterscotch Ooh. And, that being good. And, and cinnamon. Yeah. I mean, is it like the mixture of like everybody's grandma's? Yeah, you got exactly. One butterscotch grandma's gets your butterscotch. One gave you cinnamon. Yeah, make it sound like you got to have it to make it taste almost like an apple pie, like a like a cinnamon yes. apple pie. Yeah, and then chase it with some bourbon cream. <laughs> yeah, and that's whipped topping. You're good See, to go. Look at that, man! You <laughs> guys, you guys got it going on. Listen, I love that. We're professionals. You, if you want to get a buzz on, just just let us know. Just we'll, let we you know. Will, We'll we'll figure something out. The last big mixed drink that I did in college was the flaming Dr Pepper. Yeah. That was oh, that yeah. was what I always enjoyed doing. Yeah. That was it, it was hard because I can't chug very well, so doing the whole shooting down and then trying to you know sinker and drinker kind of thing. That was a little rough, but man, it was it was a lot of fun, and it it tasted just like a Dr Pepper. Yeah, yeah, yeah that sort of thing's too much pressure for me. I, I yeah, <laughs> You're I out. find a way. Fire yeah, and that's, balls. <laughs> that's right. What did you guys bring in for us today? Here, as you guys you guys always bring in some fun goodies. So, a couple options. So. Right now, in our in our industry, non-alcoholic beers, non-alcoholic wines, um, non-alcoholic um, cocktails are a are a drive are, are a market that's coming on. Um, Interesting. It is a it's a taste sector the beer that is, but not have the alcohol. So there's a lot of uh, I think a lot of people after COVID have probably gone like I need to stop drinking or and but still want to have the experience. So sure, um, there are some beers that taste. Just like an IPA, just kind of like a, one I brought. One we brought today is Athletics All Out 
Um, it is their dark. Um, it's not a stout. It's more like an amber. Mm -hmm. um, but they, you get the same flavor profile. You get the feel of a real can in your hand. Um, and some of the wines that we brought in recently, um, one's a red blend and, and it, it has the tannins like you would get from a real wine. Um, but it's, it's not, I mean, it's not alcoholic. So it's there. It's just a nice, you, when you're, if you're in an event area you're around family and you just kind of want to be able to do the same thing they're doing. Um, but, but not, um, you, you, the, the options are there. Um, so we're going to start with it cause, cause then we'll let you guys get to, uh, get to your hard your hard the, the other stuff the I other brought side. a yeah. non-alcoholic non one i've just always i always thought that was interesting though too because usually people are like i don't like the taste of beer so i don't like to drink it but then you have those that are like i want the taste of beer because i enjoy it but i don't want the alcohol and i ne I never thought that i would see that that side of things and and uh, that's ooh, it's dark so, one yeah and, and so it so yeah so it's it's for me, it reminds me of kind of Michelob Ambrockish. Okay. Um, maybe Shiner in a way, yeah. kind of malty, little malty, um, but but you know zero alcohol. I mean, point five percent. Now at, at the same time, there are some that are out there. Heineken is a zero. It's a zero zero. Okay. There is no alcohol. I mean, I still don't know. Can I give it to my kid? Well, he's right here. Can I give it to somebody else's kid? <laughs> I'm clear. Um, Stella is zero, and zero, zero. Uh, really? Heineken Stella and Corona has a zero. No alcohol whatsoever. Wow. Um, I do not like Heineken at all. Mm -hmm. I had the Heineken Zero, and I liked it. Um, Interesting. It just didn't have some sort of flavor profile, but but pretty good and wow. easy easy to go. Um, so, yeah, so this is just, you know, if you're just... Non-alcoholic. If you have that family member that... Tastes just like a beer. That wants Like to, a dark beer. You know, that, that's looking. You know, back in the day, it was just you had Bush in A, you had Old Milwaukee, you had Coors in A, you had, yeah. you know, whatever. Bud Zero's out there also. Mm -hmm. Um, and it tastes as close to a Budweiser as you're going to get as a, as a, a full strength Budweiser. Sure. Um, but it's a zero also. I mean, so for the person that is, can't have any alcohol, um, that is, is right up their line. Um, and wow. there's people that just can't drink. I mean, there's people that, yeah. you know, are allergic to things like that. Um, sure. and they're looking for something different to kind of fit in. Is that almost is. a transition for those that are maybe, like you said, maybe trying to stop drinking? to still have that palette of I'm still getting my fix of still, what I think I'm drinking, but not itch, actually, yeah, yeah it's yes. to scratch that itch, but not yeah. actually getting the alcohol content. Yeah. Um, at yeah. the same time, you know, when January gets here, and we'll we'll bring these back, we'll bring a, a few more of them in January. When people usually go dry, um, you can still get, this way you're not going to drink a bunch of pop, whatever you're doing. Uh, right, You yeah. can still have the feel and the taste it's and a whatever you want beer. to. It's it's yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's <laughs> just, it's different than drinking a, a you know, six diet cokes all day or whatever, yeah, and true. you come home and it's and this is simple. I mean, you just sit there and drink it. I, I mean, I'm not going to drink a twelve pack of these, right. but um, you know, I'll be you know, you're at an event or something, and yeah, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, and it tastes it tastes just like a dark beer. I that's think awesome. Just having the option out there, whether it's these or the wine or the mocktails and stuff, just you know, absolutely knowing that the options out there for people of like, and hey, have you know, have a six pack of it at your party just for that person. Why who, not? You know, I love wants it. that. Yeah, I love that idea. Yeah, and you say they're growing in popularity. Yeah, I mean, we've gone from having, like I said, just those four staples to there are uh, this athletic has five different different versions. Um, Sam Adams has a hazy IPA that is super delicious. Um, uh, Boulevard has an IPA as well. Um, you know, I'm trying to think, going through that door that, that we have. Um, Sierra Nevada has a hop water. Lagunitas has kind of a similar, you know, so it's not all just has, beer, has, but, you know, sometimes right. you just want that hoppy flavor. There's just, again, oh, so many yeah, options. I mean, there's yeah. 10, 12 options. And I don't, I don't think we, we, you know, we probably carry half mm -hmm. um, at this point in time. There are more Super and more options. So, wow. Yeah. 
I love it. What's the other guy he got here? So, yeah, other one is not non-alcoholic. Not non-alcoholic. Um, it's a it's a non-nonfiction. Indeed. <laughs> so this will get you going in the morning. This is the opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, so this is a Monaco. I don't know if you ever heard of them. They're uh, usually single serve, um, 9% alcohol, two shots in each can. Okay. Um, traditionally, there are a lot of kind of fun, fruity flavors. There's a citrus that's, you know, sort of a uh, vodka Red Bull. There's, you know, tequila lime, cranberry, so on and so forth. Yeah. This is their newest one, though. It's a little more fall oriented. It's their vanilla cream crush. It's a little, uh, you know, different okay. flavor spectrum there, but, you know, something uh Something creamy for the fall. Something I think it would. Uh, and this is a this is still a beer. This so it's a um, it is real alcohol in there. There's a, vodka in there. This a is prepared, vodka. A prepared oh, cocktail. Oh, okay. oh, yep. gotcha. So all oh, these. Okay, it's already a premixed drink. Yeah. Gotcha. So all these have um, roughly two shots. If okay. it's tequila base, two shots of tequila for their tequila one. Okay. If there's uh, these, this one you're having has vodka in it. So it's so carbonated. Shots of vodka. It just kind of like a beer. Like um, a, it's yeah. So it, okay. it's, it's similar to drinking. Yeah. A, Oh my gosh! That's oh yeah, and they're they're in a eight ounce can. Okay, so they're crushable. Um, they are. Yeah, I mean it's the same can as a Red Bull can comes yeah. in. So that so. smells like the orange ice cream thing that you get, where it's like that hint of orange, but yet the vanilla flavor that's in there, like that's a really strong vanilla smell to it. Mm. Yeah, it's. I I was. I, these just came in this week, so they are. Hot off the presses, and I was a little, uh, I was hesitant, and I'm, you know, it knocked my socks off. That's really vanilla flavor. Yeah, it almost, just by smelling it, I haven't tasted it yet, it just smells like that orange popsicle with the vanilla in there is kind of what it smells like. It's got that cream factor to it. And I think they have 12 or 14 flavors. I don't know. They just keep coming out flavors, and every one of them sells. Wow. There's something for everybody. There's lemonade, strawberry lemonade, peach lemonade, you know, you name it, um, or or whatever mixed drink you like. I've never tasted anything like like this before. And it doesn't. Is it good? It's really good. I love it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's really good. It's gonna get me in trouble. Yeah, yeah this is their first one that's not, you know, again that kind of fruity side of things. So it's you know you don't necessarily want to, you know, cranberry. Let me show know. the can up to the yeah, uh, to yeah. the video here for people. This is the again Monaco Vanilla Cream Crush Vodka Cocktail. I have never tried anything like that before. Yeah, we'll get this one here too. Um, that is wild. That is really wild. That's really good. Yeah, I yep. uh, and that's brand new. You yeah. said that's new in there. Yep, just got them in. Um, and uh, yeah, again, these are nine percent alcohol each, so they're kind of a perfect, easy, you know, something to slam for you're going out or doing whatever for a holiday party. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's kind of a pregame in a can. Um, and again, yeah, a bajillion different flavors. So whatever scratches your itch. It's, I've it's never smelled nor tasted vanilla so strong before. Mm-hmm. It, I didn't realize how strong the vanilla was. Yeah, it, it hits like in a, a good way. Like in a good way, it's really mm-hmm. good. It hits 100% like like cream soda, you know. Yeah. You really wouldn't. I, I don't get 9% off, off of this, you know, which is. Oh, that's usually yeah. the trippy part is that is that you do not. Like, <laughs> on your second one, not you aware. realize realize yeah. what you did. Drink easier than they probably yeah, should. Yeah, you, you know, you got the second or you. Oh, very you much so. accidentally open up a third one, you're just, the day's over with or. Yeah. Or you're going to have a headache tomorrow, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. That is really good. I love that. So um, are there flavors that kind of come and go in the fads and different uh, trends in the alcohol stuff? I mean, obviously with, with vanilla, something like this, you know, kind of the, the cinnamon with the fireball. But are there certain flavors that come and go um, throughout the time? I feel like during the summer, we have a lot of berries and okay. butterscotch the light, the and those kind of things yeah. up this time of year. Mm-hmm. But it seems like there's constantly some sort of flavor evolution um, or innovation, I guess would be the right word, where they come out with 
you know, I feel like lemonades, blueberry lemonade, something yeah. pink lemonades were Smirnoff's last two years kind of thing for the summertime. And then they'll come out with their red, white, and Mary's, which will be, um, I think, cranberry-ish with, you know, I'm going to say nutmeg, but but some sort of pine-ish. Sure. Yeah. I mean, still that Christmas flavor or cranberry flavor. I mean, that's the nice thing about this time of year. You can throw cranberry out there. It's like, oh, it's, Ooh, it's that yeah. time of year. Cranberry. It is that time. Yeah, it's time yeah, for cranberries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is good. Okay. Uh, all right. Cranberries. Like, I use cranberries all summer long. And, <laughs> right? and yeah. increasingly, too, I think there are some flavors that, you know, like you brought up the Red, White, and Mary, which is a riff on the Smirnoff Red, White, and Berry, which... You know, started as, you know, it was available for a couple months in the summer. And as time has gone on, it's available for more and more of the year just because right. people, some, there's some stuff people want to drink in January, July, December, anything in between. So companies figuring out if, you know, if people are buying it, we'll yeah. sell it to them year round if they want it. Sure. Yeah. No, you guys really expanded. I love this because you guys have expanded my horizons a bit. I told you before that <laughs> before we started doing these, you know, a couple of years ago, whenever we started this was I was the Coors Light guy uh, just you know course all year long it's just what you drink you just drink the Coors Light the simple the simple kind of beverage and now it's all these different microbrews and the flavors and the it's it's wild of how far we've come with finding different unique ways of blending alcohol yeah, together and, 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 and you know those <laughs> days that you're going to be sitting someplace you're going to have multiple beers yeah. having that Coors Light at Michelob Ultra or something right. along those lines that lower alcohol you can you can have or you're tailgating or if you're whatever you're doing right um hunting whatever whatever um and then these are you know some of these stronger beers are when you're sitting around the fire pit and you really don't want to drink a lot you just kind of want to enjoy the fire and and, and have something good exactly um, same idea um same time you know, all that good stuff all yeah. that good stuff i love it yeah. um, we will have our gift packs will be coming we'll be dropping our gift packs yes. and everything on like the fifth fifth third fourth fifth. yeah monday the fifth um, so all you eggnog lovers, eggnog will be on the show super soon. Yeah. I Okay. So I saw your face and I have the well, same okay. face. Here's the thing. I'm not a fan of eggnog. I've never liked eggnog. I never knew what Ron Pompey was, uh, mm. until years ago when someone gave me a bottle of that and I tried that and it was okay. I enjoyed it cause I know it has that rum in the eggnog, but man, that's a, that's, that's an eclectic taste. And I, I started to warm up to that and it is definitely a seasonal thing for right now. Anything that looks like milk should be cold. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's all, all I, I got to say. Yes. I look at it and I go, oh, there's no way. Yeah. No way that's good. Eggnog's popular right now. That'll be a big one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Over the next uh, couple of months. We have Screwball. We have Screwball this year, which is, is peanut butter flavored eggnog, I think. Yeah, because right? Screwball yeah. is a peanut butter whiskey, which is good and good for this season on its Whoa. own. And then they've introduced an eggnog this year that yeah. I have a feeling is going to be pretty solid. That's, I got to try that one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> may have to try that one. See, again, oh, you don't like it? I'll try this one here. Yeah, yeah sure. I'll try I know it. Good golly. I love it. We got just a couple of minutes left, but uh, what other kind of specials you guys have going on right now? Uh, obviously, DavisLiquorOutlet.com, all the different locations. Carrie, you have your location as well, uh, which I have to ask you, Carrie, with all these, do you, do you enjoy these? What's your favorite one that you've been kind of enjoying right now? I drink a lot of wine. A lot of wine? Ooh, okay. All right. WBC Wooshock Wheat. All right. Yeah. All right, okay, speaking of wine, I have been craving, and we don't have any right now, so I have to go get some, a really good dry red wine. I'm dying for a good dry red wine right now. We are actually getting ready to put on a sale next month, Seamless Cabernet. Mm. Big, big red wine. Okay. Big flavorful. Um, we bought two pallets this time last year, and a we're lot. still sitting on a, 
on about 15 cases of each store, and we're trying to get rid of it through the holidays. Okay. But I'm going to run it at $5.99 next month. Yeah. Okay. And it is, it's it's not a $5.99 wine. It's a, it's a $15 wine. Okay. That we just were right place, right time. Got a great deal. Great deal that we can, we can kind of give it away the next mm. couple months. Just for, to load up. But great, great wine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a 90 point rated wine. It just, yeah. We were at the right place at the right time. Somebody, somebody else bought too much, and we somebody we were there to an help extra them zero out. And we were able to get that um, but, but I think any Cabernet, you know, that time of year, nice dry, nice dry red wine. I do enjoy um, it. If you want something a little lighter, it goes to Pinot. Um, still dry, um, but but not as not as big of a mouthful. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes with the Cabernets, you've got to have a little bit of bite to eat next to you. <laughs> right. Not always. <laughs> you don't have to have food with wine. <laughs> Yeah, my wife always goes for like a little bit sweeter, like the color of Rossi. That's her favorite, the sweet yeah. red Carlos Rossi. That's that's her go-to. I enjoy the the dries. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. We got just about a minute left. Again, you have the website DavisLikerOutlet.com. You have the app, which people can download. You see all the specials there. What are the locations for people to go and check out too? So yes, yeah, so we have uh, three locations around Wichita. Plus one over here is Carrie's at uh, eight nine zero nine West Kellogg, Kellogg and Tyler there. Uh, 21st in Amadon and 13th in Waco for our other two. Um, so, yeah, just head to davislookeroutlet.com, find one closest to you, and we'll see you soon. Guys are all over the place. I love it. And it's that time for the warm stuff, and golly, I'm going to have to enjoy some more of that uh, <laughs> vanilla stuff. That was really good. Always a pleasure, guys. Good to see you guys as well. Happy holidays. Happy Halloween. And uh, we'll do this again real soon. Until then, we're out of time. We'll do it again next weekend. Election time. One more show before Election Day. Make sure to get out and vote. We'll talk some more about that and recap it to next week's program. Until then, enjoy our syndicated program this evening. We're back at it again on Monday. And, of course, Kansas Talk next Saturday as well. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy the cool weather. Stay warm out there. We'll see you on the radio.